0: He says, so you must remain in life union with me. Take note of that word, life union, for I remain in life union with you. And so when we talk about life union, guys, it makes it clear that we're talking about relationship here. We're talking about relationship here. You see, and what this really comes down to is is really you knowing him from the heart. You knowing Him heart to heart. In other words, this is you letting Him into every area of your life. You see, some of you, you are walking with the Lord, but some of you, you got some stuff going on in your life where if you're honest, you've been kind of trying to deal with that on your own. You see, you see you've see, you been kind of trying to kind of uh, clean that up on your own and 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 you're kind of keeping your relationship with the Lord sort of a, you know, off to the side. And I want you to understand that's not what you want to do. No, Glory to God. You see, you want to live in a way where you are letting Him in to every area of your life. You see, God, friend, loves you so much that God actually wants to have access to all those areas of brokenness, all those areas of messiness. You see, the, the, those those deep, dark places that you don't want to tell anybody about. Well, well, God wants to have access to those places. Why? It's because when He comes into those places, what He's going to be able to do, glory to God is He's going to be able to transform those places. He's going to be able to create transformation from the inside out. You see, He wants to come into the deepest, darkest places in our lives so that He can shine His light into that brokenness. He can shine His healing into that area of brokenness. He can shine His restoration into that area of uh, brokenness. And so, in order for you to be available to that you want to make sure that you're letting him in to every area of your life. He says, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless if you live your life, excuse me, unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. You see, guys, how many know that we don't want to have a fruitless life? You see, you want to be a Christian who is bearing fruit. You want to be a believer who is walking in uh, the fruitfulness that Jesus himself wants to produce in you. Look at verse five. Jesus says, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. Glory to God. And he says, as you live in union with me as your source, Take note, he wants to be your source, friend. He says, fruitfulness will stream from within you, but when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Praise God. And so Jesus is saying he wants to be your source. He wants you to depend on him for absolutely everything. Say out loud again, I need God say I need God. I can't do this thing without him. If you're with someone say you need God. You can't do this thing without him. Amen. Type it into the comment section, guys. Praise God. Now, now what are some of the obstacles in in the way of us actually doing this? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Matthew 11:28. I want to look at this actually um I want to look at it in the King James and then also in the Message Translation as well, because what are some of the obstacles? We, we can all see this, we can all understand intellectually, you know, this is, well, Alex, I can see in the Scripture, this is how we are to live our lives. Now, what I want to spend some time on, guys, today is I want to explore what is it that will keep us from actually living in dependence on God you see because you know if you're a believer you know first of all you already know that you depend on God for everything right but what's going to keep you from actually really living in this intimate fellowship with him i want us to really understand that what what oftentimes keeps a believer thank you lord what keeps a believer in this attitude where you think well alex there's some areas in my life that I got to clean up and then I can focus on my relationship with God. Or maybe you say, well, Alex, there's some areas in my life that I got to clean up and straighten out first, and then I'm going to go to church or then I'm going to do this thing for God. And so, in other words, your attitude is this performance-based mindset. Your attitude is this mindset where... Uh, where you think that where you think that in order for you to to live in what God wants to do in your life, you gotta first perform right. And so what is this guys? What this is, is a performance-based mindset. You see, here's what I want you to take note of. I want you to understand that a performance-based mindset is always going to weaken your relationship with God. But when you understand the grace of God, when you understand the unmerited favor of God, well, what happens is when you understand grace, well, now it's going to strengthen your relationship with Him And it's also going to cause you to live your life depending on Him. You see, grace, guys, how do we define grace? Just a little reminder, or perhaps this is your first time tuning in here today, guys. I want you to understand that grace is defined as the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God. It's the unmerited, unearned, Undeserved favor of God. Grace is God being good to us. Not because we were good guys. It's God being good. Why? Because God is good. Remember, we were sharing last week on uh, the goodness of God. You see... Grace is you realizing that glory to God, God is good, not because of anything you have done or anything you could ever do. No, God is good because God is good. God has decided already before the beginning of time to make His unmerited favor available to you. When God sent Jesus into the world, Jesus went to that cross 2,000 years ago. Why? So He could set you free, so He could deliver you, so that He could cleanse you, so that He could make you righteous, not because of anything you have done or anything you could ever do. Glory to God. No, he did it because he loves you, you see. He did it because he, he decided to make his unmerited favor available to you. And so, and so what keeps us guys from walking in a relationship with God to the degree that we are called to do is, is that we think we have to perform. You see, you think you got to perform in order to be okay with God. But I want you to understand the distinction, guys, between the pattern of the law, which is you got to do good in order for God to do good to you. In other words, you got to do in order to get God to do, versus the pattern of grace, guys, which is you release your faith in what Jesus has already done for you. You see, you release your faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ, and as a result, you make yourself available. To the goodness of God in your life. Are you guys tracking with me this morning? And so, and so what keeps us from this intimate fellowship is to have the wrong uh, mindset, the wrong approach when it comes to walking with God. Look at what he says here in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, come unto me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest and what i want you to take note of is that this is the same principle that we saw in the old testament in isaiah chapter 40 where you come to god and and what happens is you exchange your weariness you exchange your your weakness for his strength now he's saying here jesus says all you who are who labor and are heavy laden come unto me, and I will give you rest. You see, sometimes what happens is, you may have been laboring to try to see that breakthrough, or you have been laboring to try to see that healing uh, manifesting in your body, or you have been laboring to try to see that relationship restored, or you have been uh, laboring to try to experience a measure of peace. Well, Jesus is saying to you this morning, he says, don't labor, don't work, don't put that effort into it. No, instead come to me and I'm going to give you some rest. Come to me, walk in an intimate fellowship with me and then I'm going to do what you can't do on your own. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work on the inside of you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to transform you from the inside out. What I'm going to do as you are the place of rest, I'm going to go to work in your life and I'm going to manifest some breakthroughs in your life that you could not have manifested on your own. And so he says, come on to me. And he says, he's going to give you some rest verse 29 says take my yoke upon you and take note what he says he says and learn of me for i am meek take note of the word meek and lowly in heart and then you will find rest unto your souls and so jesus says take my yoke upon you the work yoke it it represents you willingly submitting to god you see yoke is actually a word that, that that's in, in some cases can refer to a type of bondage, you see. And so it is submission to God. It is literally you becoming a slave to God. But Jesus is saying, well, you can do that because my yoke is going to be easy. You see, when you submit yourself to me, it's going to be an easy yoke. And he says, learn of me. And so in other words, Jesus wants us to trust in him. He wants us to... Rely on him, guys. But he also wants us to learn of him. He wants us to to see him as our example. And he says, I am meek. Take note of the word meek, which means humble. You see, we're talking about how depending on God produces humility. And guys, how many know that when Jesus was in the earth realm, he said, you see, even Jesus, the son of God, lived his life in the earth, guys, in a way where he was in complete submission to God the Father. Remember, guys, what did Jesus say? He said, I can of my own self do nothing. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. And so Jesus himself, he says, learn from me, see how I did it. And Jesus himself was living in dependence on his Father And so in the same way that Jesus was living in dependence on the Father, guys, you and I are called to live in dependence on Jesus. You see, we are to depend on him for everything. And he says, you shall find rest unto your souls. Now the word soul, the soul specifically is talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions. You see, there's a distinction, guys, between... The soul and the spirit, sometimes religion, or oftentimes religion will use spirit and soul interchangeably. But what I want you to understand that your spirit is really the innermost part of you. But your soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so he's talking about you resting in your souls. And so, thank you, Lord. I kind of feel we got to point this out, too, is that when we talk about rest... We're not talking about inactivity. You know, oftentimes people will say, well, Alex, you don't know what's going on in my life. Well, Alex, I still got to do stuff. I can't just rest. I can't just, you know, chill out. Glory to God. No, I still got to do stuff. And so, guys, when we talk about resting, we're not talking about you being in bed all day long. You see, we're not talking about you, glory to God, going to the beach and hanging out at the beach all day long. No, what we're talking about is you resting in your soul. You see, what this means in a very practical way, friend, is that you're going to do whatever it is you got to do. Whatever is going on in your life, you're going to do what you got to do, but you're going to do it from this place of rest. You're going to do it from this place of a peace. You're going to do it from a place where you are not allowing the anxieties of the world to upset your peace. Are you tracking with me today, guys? Are you tracking with me? If you understand that, say, Amen. Type, Amen, in the comment section. And he says in verse 30, he says, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now look at this verse in the um, message translation. I really think this is going to bless you. I really love how the message translation puts this. And he says in verse 28 in the message, he says, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Watch this, guys. Are you burned out on religion? See there's a lot of people who are burned out on religion and when you think about your relationship with God what you're thinking about is religion. And what we mean by religion is we mean you living in a way where you think that you got to perform to be okay with God. Or you got to clean up your life and then you're going to come to God or you know you got to take care you got to straighten out some things in your life and then you're going to you're going to start serving at church. Well that's religion. That's not what this is. Jesus says, are you burned out on religion? He says, come to me. You want to get away from religion? You want to come to Jesus. You want to cultivate an intimate relationship with uh, Jesus. He says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Watch this, guys. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Praise God. You see, you see Jesus wants you to take a real rest. You see Jesus, you see here's the thing guys about the world system versus the kingdom of God system. You want to understand that in the world system it's considered it's considered more or less normal to be to to be kind of worked out wor- worked up about stuff. You see, you see if you pay too much attention to the world system, they're going to have you worried and concerned about all kinds of stuff you see you see yeah there was a pandemic but if it's up to the world system it's like you know there's there's still another uh, 25,000 new variants there's another uh, five new versions of that disease that you're supposed to be afraid of glory to god you see the world system is always going to have you afraid of the next uh, disease the world system always wants you to, to be worried about what could go wrong the world system is always going to have you afraid of some type of lack and so the world system Is based on fear. But Jesus is saying. You dwell in me. You come live in me. I'm going to give you a rest. Why? Because he becomes your protection guys. He becomes your safety. You see. He becomes your provisions. When you begin to depend on him. He says in verse 29. He says walk with me. And work with me. (laughs) I love it. Work with me. And so. And so our participation is required. Our participation, we told you last week, guys, is not our performance. Our participation is us releasing our faith in Jesus, releasing our faith in what he's already made available to us. And he says, watch how I do it. And I love this. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And so this year in 2023, friend, you want to begin to live in the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced rhythms of grace is you cultivating your relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because remember, guys, that when we talk about grace... When we talk about the unmerited favor of God, we're not talking about a subject matter. We're not talking about a curriculum. We're not talking about a doctrine. No, a glory to God. We're talking about a person. You see, uh, Jesus is grace. Jesus and grace are inseparable because remember the Bible said that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And so Jesus is grace. Jesus is the unmerited favor of God. And so you practice your relationship with him You walk in an intimate fellowship with him, you're going to be learning the unforced rhythms of grace. He says in verse 30, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And I love this. He says, keep company with me. Friend, this year, you want a purpose in your heart that every single day you're going to keep company with him. You're not just going to keep company with him on Sundays. Praise God. No, you're going to keep company with Jesus every single day. How? Set time aside every day to fellowship with Him. Throughout the day, be mindful of Him. Practice His presence. Just acknowledge that He's there with you, that He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Keep company with me. And He says, you'll learn to live freely and you'll learn to live lightly. Now, oftentimes people say, well, Alex, that's not what I've been taught. You, you, you know, you, you, you might have been brought up to think, well, Alex, there's nothing easy about this Christian life. You might have been brought up to believe that, well, Alex, it's, it's, it's hard. you got to struggle, you got to strive to try to be pleasing to God. But what I want you to understand, friend, I want you to take note of this, is... Jesus says He's not going to put anything ill-fitting on you. Jesus says His burden is light. And so what I want us to understand is that it only becomes hard, this Christian life only becomes hard when we try to live it in our own strength and effort. When you are trying to do things apart from Jesus, when you are trying to do things in your own human effort, then it becomes hard. In fact, really, when you do that, when you're when you're trying to live this Christian life on your own, it's really a setup for failure. It's a recipe for for, for failure. You see, what you want to understand, friend, is that this Christian life is not hard. It is actually impossible when you try to live it on your own. The only way that you can live the Christian life is with Jesus, glory to God, at the center. The only way that you can walk in what Jesus has made available to you is uh, by keeping your relationship with Him at the center. You see, the life of a born-again believer is not religion. It is not performance, guys. It is not following a set of rules that are designed to make us okay with God. No, the life of a born-again believer is relationship. It's relationship. You see, every other system in the world requires you to perform to either get something, to achieve something, to acquire something. Every other Tradition of the world, should we, might we call it that, will require you to perform to be okay with God. But it's only Jesus, guys, a person who says, come to me, be in an intimate relationship with me, be in an intimate fellowship with me, and I'm going to do what you can not do on your own. You see, you see, you're not trying to get God to do anything for you. This is a radical statement, guys. As a believer, you're never trying to get God to do what He hasn't already made available to you by His grace. God doesn't need you to struggle to try to get him to heal you. No, Jesus already made healing available. The Bible said that we were healed with his stripes two thousand years ago. And so as you live in an intimate fellowship with him, as you're depending on him, as you're letting him in to those deep dark places within you, what happens is he's now going to be able to manifest the healing that he's already made available uh, to you. You see, you're struggling in a relationship, or what you want to do is you want to let Jesus into that relationship. You want to let Jesus Shine his light into those broken places so that he can begin to do what you can't do on your own. You see, you see, and so it's all about our relationship with him. And I want you to catch this too that our walk with God, guys, it's a day by day, moment by moment relationship with Jesus. And I said this before, I want to say it again. In this relationship, we're looking to him. We're looking to Jesus. We're looking to God as uh, the greater, stronger vessel. And in this, we are depending on Him for absolutely everything. When you depend on God, what that is going to do, it is automatically going to put you in a place of humility.